Michael here with a brief word. During this interview, Suzanne's internet had some issues, and there are a couple long stretches of time where she actually couldn't hear us, and then a couple times when she dropped out completely. So I do apologize for that inconvenience, but I think we got all the information that you guys needed. Nolan definitely picked up the slack and, uh, and covered the information for us. So anyway, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Show and Tell, the podcast series from the RPG Academy, where we bring on a guest or guests and we talk about something cool. Today's guests are Nolan, co-founder of Roll20 and the new brand manager, Suzanne. Guys, welcome to the show. Hello. Howdy. Nolan, it's been a while, but uh, I have talked to you previously. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm good. I'm very good. I just moved. uh, So that's, that's been a large uh thing in life and then in the midst of this for all of this big dungeons and dragons announcement to happen uh it's definitely been a crazy january would be my uh my assessment of the world all right fantastic and suzanne this is the first time we've met but it's a pleasure welcome to the show how are you doing i'm doing great i'm excited to be here now how long have you been with roll 20 it's fairly recent right it's fairly recent. This is my third week, fourth week now, I think. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, what were you doing before this, if I may ask? Uh, before this, I actually came from the publishing industry, but essentially I have a background in publicity, PR, marketing, and a little bit of licensing. So it's it's been a long, tumultuous journey here, <laughs> but I've been moving towards the industry for the last four years. <laughs> We are here today to talk about Roll20. That's the cool thing that we're going to discuss. And uh, basically, as Nolan hinted at, there's been some recent changes. Wizards of the Coast announced an OGL for 5th edition. I think many of us were kind of waiting on this to happen. Plus, there were a lot of people that were kind of doing it anyways. Uh, So it made sense. But they went whole hog. There's an SRD. There's an OGL. There's also a DMs Guild. And obviously, with Roll20... You guys interact very heavily with the uh, licenses that are out. And now that you have an SRD or an OGL, you can do a lot more cool things. So tell me about all the cool things that I can now do on Roll20 because of this OGL. So, I mean, the the open gaming license, for those who aren't familiar with all the, the weirdness and how this works, is essentially um, this allowance that gives people a way to interface with the most popular fantasy role-playing game on the planet. Is, is is the way they refer to it without... It, there were some it. air quotes there that I don't think right. people could... Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's one of those... Um, it, so all of this is a way to interact with D&D, uh, but at the same time, Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons protects what they call their product identity, uh, which means that when you're using these things, you can't actually say uh, Dungeons and Dragons on the materials that you're selling. You can't say things like Monster Manual. You can't use certain um, creatures... That, that are part of what they believe is, is you know, their core set of things. But they do give you a lot of cool ways like spells and stuff like that, uh, that you can interact with their rules and, and make your own materials. So they did this with the 3.5 edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And they've done this now by releasing a 398 page uh, system reference document which gives us a whole lot of material to interact with. And so what we've done literally uh, this week, we've just gone live with both a character sheet 
um, that takes advantage of the material in the system reference document and our compendium, which we had previously done uh, Pathfinder content with, which if you're familiar with the creation of Pathfinder is, is a descendant of that 3.5 uh, allowance in, in the open gaming license. Um, so we previously had content for Pathfinder. Now we have this, uh, in addition, this fifth edition content. And the thing that is really nifty uh, is that you can just drag and drop spells and things like that straight onto your character sheet and, and get to rolling. Uh, it, I think the thing that will actually probably get the most use is that you can do it with uh, the the OGL also can or the SRD also contains full monster stat blocks, and so you can automatically draw drag those into a character sheet to set up NPC characters and play with, and that makes organizing a game for a game master really really easy. <laughs> well, and I guess I, I should take a, a quick step back as I assume that all of my audience would be familiar with Roll Twenty. But, you know, there is a possibility that someone might not be. It's been all that time explaining Dungeons and Dragons instead of explaining (laughs) my own product. What am I doing? Yeah, so let's doing it all wrong. Let's let Suzanne jump in here. So to to a lay person who's brand new, how would you explain Roll20 and and what it allows people to do online as far as gaming goes? Roll20 is a virtual tabletop that is a system agnostic way to play games online for anyone across the world with a webcam and an internet internet connection. So the idea is that you're not confined to visiting your local comic and gaming store. You should, because they're awesome, but they're not everywhere and they're few and far between. And uh, sometimes people don't always find them to be the most encouraging environment. So the great thing is that there's now an online resource that you can meet people, create your own games and uh, play and go on adventures with anybody that you can find. And the great thing, too, is you can play a number of different games from traditional dice rolling tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons or a wide array of things from story games to Monopoly. Monopoly was a stretch, but I mean, I'm sure you can do it, but I'm not sure why anyone would want to. It, uh, one, you definitely can do it. You can do any. It, I think the harder thing with board games is that you really need to find a good copy of, of images to do it in uh, outside of, you know, us hopefully getting some licenses there in the future. But I think Monopoly is a great example of a Roll20 game because, and I bring this up all the time in interviews, uh, I don't know two households that play Monopoly the same way. Like everybody's got their own rules on how the bank works and, and that sort of thing. And so it's the perfect example of why you would use a service like us instead of like a, a simulator for a specific game set because that that removes the ability to house rule it removes that thing that makes these games interesting and, and keeps us invested in them and like it, you know it, there's never going to be a game of dungeons and dragons which is identical to another one that you've run with another game master because everybody has their own house flavored things and so it I, I think Monopoly is a perfect example of here's here's the nonsense you're about to get into um, <laughs> the the open world in front of you uh, that happens when you do this. Okay, so I want, I want to put a pin in that because that brings up a very interesting point I want to get to. But be- right before I get to that, just a, th- one more quick step kind of around that. Basically, uh, you know, any voice uh, interactive 
chat feature would allow people to get together and play role-playing games over the internet. But what sets Roll20 apart is that virtual game space is the tools that you offer. It's not just simply we can see each other and we can hear each other. It's that you basically have created a, a virtual tabletop that you can put monsters on and maps and it will have your digital character sheet as we, you know, no one was mentioning now with drag and drop features, but it basically handles all of that for you. And as a game master, that is very empowering that you don't have to do that yourself. But to get back to the to the pen, since not everybody does play D&D by themselves, are these new features editable? So if I want to do fireballs with D8s, can I do that? And so that's the sort of thing, like you could definitely, workaround number one is you can pull in the things from the SRD and then you would be able to, to change it on your character sheet into individually what you want. Um, so you can you can have that starting point and then play with it. Uh, as far as and we we haven't decided exactly how this is going to look, but we're definitely discussing some sort of personal um, repository for your own compendium, to where you could just have your own house rules that you're building. Well, and, and that's one of the things uh, earlier when I was talking about you know what what a OGL gives to you, it's an interface point because what this is supposed to give you is a way to make your own elements. Like it's, it's supposed to, okay, I'm making an adventure and it has these five monsters and these six spells and all these things that are not part of the existing Wizards of the Coast Dungeons and Dragon world. It's part of my thing that I'm selling. And so we would love to have ways to to make your own customizable rule, you know, uh, world. But as for exactly how we're going to do that, and I mean, the, the thing that we don't want to do is we obviously don't want to empower people to go copy all of Wizards official texts distribute it amongst everyone and and make a legal quagmire right uh, what we do want to do is we want to empower individuals to either you know by by their own set up their own environment where they can do you know whatever they want to for personal use or more importantly folks that are looking to do things like create their own adventures and sell their own elements we would love to empower that sort of thing as well Okay, and and again, there's there's so many things to talk about with Roll Twenty. Sure. We're going to jump around, but but that brings up a good point. There is a marketplace um, that people can make their own tokens and sell them in token packs. I think I have several of those myself. Uh, you can buy maps and you can buy adventures. Correct? Like I could buy right. an actual adventure from the mm-hmm. marketplace, and it basically has someone has already done that for me. They've preloaded the maps and the tokens and the stat blocks, and all this means now with Fifth Edition is that. They didn't have to write it themselves. They could actually just pull it in off of the OGL and SRD. Right. Yeah, that, that somebody could go and make an adventure um, and and sell that adventure to to others. So, I mean, it needs to be an original adventure. Uh, is And we actually, we already have a fair amount of Pathfinder content that falls in this sort of area uh, where people have gone and and used the, uh, the open gaming licenses, allowances there to make adventures and uh, it's the sort of thing I'm certain that we'll see some of that with this 5e rule set eventually. It's just a question of um, how long before somebody sits down and, and does the work necessary to make it happen. And it's one of those things like uh, it, it's a lot easier to, to upload a PDF somewhere uh, and, and do that sort of thing in terms of, Oh, here's, here's my adventure. Go. What we really want instead is, you know, it essentially, as you said, everything laid out in front of you as a game master. That it's it's a one click experience. I click in. There's my monster token with all of the stats on it, everything ready to go, all the handouts where they need to be, all the characters prepped, and that's a different thing uh, than just a you know page by page document that you're jumping around in. It really is a uh, you know prepping the table 
is really what it comes down to. Okay. And again, all these tools are now live as of today, this week. Yeah. Okay. So if, if someone's brand new, they have not tried Roll20 before. Again, they're one of those people. Uh, and they go to the, and they go to the site. <laughs> There's to- still some. <laughs> we get, we get 1,800 new people a day. So there must be a lot of those people. Yes. I don't know. I don't know exactly where they're coming from, but. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm brand new. I go to your site today. I, I, and, and again, where would I go? It's Roll20.net. Yeah. All right. Uh, and I go there, and it is it is a free service. There are uh, there is a subscription uh, option that you unlock some other cool tool, tools, uh, but for the most part, you can play absolutely for free. Uh, you can have different campaigns set up, and I want to go start my own. Like, how do I accumulate these things so that my players can see them? In terms of like with, with the fifth edition rules, or, or, or really of... any, but fifth edition specifically, I guess, well, since there are mo- multiple now. I mean, I, I guess there's there's several ways to skin the cat. One, you can, like, in terms of images or something like that, the marketplace is going to have images available for purchase. Uh, but you can also, I mean, you can drag and drop in any image into the interface. So that's a sort of, if you happen to have a bunch of drawings of goblins sitting around or are an artist drawing a bunch of goblins yourself, uh, you can toss those in the interface. As far as rules go, and let's not quote me on goblin because I don't have all 398 pages of the SRD memorized. And so I'm not... 100% certain whether or not they have a set stat block for that that's available in this. You you would essentially, and we've got a lovely video that you should probably uh, share alongside this that shows how simple this is, but you're, you're going into a tab within Roll20 now, you're searching for the related items, and then you're drag and dropping it over. I think the example we use in the video is an adult black dragon. And so you're literally just going to a place within the, the item's pulling it over to where the, okay, I'm making an NPC element is, dropping it, and it fills in the spells, it fills in the uh, health and all the other elements that you would need to just get rolling with that creature. And from there, it's, it's really easy to connect those two different things. You can connect the artwork to your, um, to your stats, which is what you do with any character within the interface. Okay. Um, yeah. All right, and absolutely, if you will... Uh send me that link. I will include sure. it in the show notes so people can go directly there. Uh, again, I imagine most people are probably more familiar with uh, your service than I'm asking questions about, but just in case. Uh, I, I think it's always a good thing. I I, I like to assume uh, that, that we're starting with somebody brand new. And, well, and I think that that's something that the interface does really well too, uh, is that it, it assumes that we're starting with somebody brand new and which is, which has made it uh, as popular as it is, is, is very much my thought process. So what kind of feedback, obviously it's not been live that long, but what sort of feedback are you getting about the service now? Are there any changes, not necessarily even related to this, that you guys are still working on or like future development things that you'd like to see happen with Roll20 over the next year or so? There are two crazy different questions. Um, <laughs> so, so, so let's let's start with the uh, the feedback element. Okay. And I, I don't know how much, Suzanne, I don't know how much of this you've been reading today. I've been smashing refresh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, go for it. Cause you've been responding to a lot of them. To, to, to some of it. I mean, it, there's, there's definitely questions and, uh, and things like, you know, so it, it, what, things like we were talking about earlier in terms of, are we going to be doing things that allow you to put your own completely homebrewed content in the compendium and stuff like that? So that's been a question that's come up a few times. Uh, but, but mostly people just kind of going nuts, you know, <laughs> like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe uh, that all of this happened. I think my favorite piece of feedback for the day is, wow, it's hard to believe that this is free functionality. 
because it's just <laughs> that it's that cool. Uh, yeah. And it's one of those things that that makes me do a little yes. Like we, I, I'm really pleased that we're you know the the program is able to do as much as it is um, for free, and that the entire reason that is possible though is that there are so many people that subscribe for stuff like dynamic lighting. So uh, lucky us yeah, in that regard. People say that our, their group has been thinking about switching over to Roll Twenty, and this kind of cinched it because yeah. now a free accessible tool that they can get with a free membership. Yeah. I think the, the one of the things that I've seen the most trepidation about is inquiry. So, so obviously, there's um, right now fifth edition is thirty one point nine percent of all games played within Roll Twenty, and so there are people that are already using community contributed character sheets uh, to play the game. And so that we came out with this new one, and, and they're worried. Well, my game already runs with this sheet, and is that something I'm going to be able to use still and get it uh, get use of this? And the answer to that comes. When the creators of those sheets make some changes, uh, they will be able to. But that's one of those things. Like you know, it, we're not we're not there banging down the door of uh, you know somebody who, who gave free time in sure. terms of putting out uh, their own sheet to hey you need to update this to, to take advantage <laughs> of this feature. Uh, but I th- I imagine a lot of them will be excited to do that because it's one of those things like why not get that sort of functionality? So we'll see how long it takes. But that's been I've seen that question in a few places where people have been going, hey, will I still be able to use this sheet that I've been using you know for the past six months on Roll Twenty and take advantage of all this new stuff? But yeah, that's I, I think that's a pretty good overview of uh, of what's out there in terms of uh, the the day one. Uh, ground zero reaction to this overall very positive but definitely a few questions and uh you know it, it, it's one of the <laughs> midway through the day i was talking to riley dutton who's a, who's our lead programmer and a fellow co-founder and he was like uh the so what are you doing for me next has begun <laughs> you know but yeah, you know, it, there's there's always an element of that uh, with this. As far as in the other part of your question, uh, what are we doing for you next? Uh, outside of all this, because we were definitely we were already working on an update before any of this uh, fifth edition stuff got announced. It was just one of those like uh, iron is hot, let's go uh, elements. the The major thing that we're working on for our next update is we're overhauling our application programming interface, uh, our API, and the the main idea there right now you either need to actually be a programmer and have some javascript javascript awareness or uh be very steady with your control uh control c control v copy paste skills uh, which is what i do <laughs> in terms of taking scripts that other people you know whether it's a script to use edge of the empire dice or to show your token as bloodied and leave a blood trail behind it once it hits half health or whatever the wild things that folks are out there programming with the API. Um, we're trying to get a more drag and droppable interface for that. So we would have a repository where it's really clearly, okay, here is what this you know particular script is supposed to do. I pull it over, I put it in and we're, we're off to the races. So that's been the, the behind the scenes thing that we're, we're moving towards, but, not done and got pushed a half second for us to get this in place. Well, yeah, absolutely. I can understand that. Now, just to jump onto that, um, for someone like myself, who's not the most savvy in the world, I'm certainly not going to program my own things, but the character sheets that basically has already been built in a lot of those scripts for the basic stuff. 
So if I'm using a character sheet and I want to swing a sword, there's like a macro sure. built into that, that as long as I filled out the character sheet correctly, it, it's already a comp, doing the math for those particular things, attacks and skill well, checks. Well, that and kind of thing. and there's, a, there's a few different ways you can end up doing it. You can, most of the sheets that are out there, you're able to roll from the sheet itself, or you can set up like a separate macro. Like I, I like to keep on the bottom of part of my screen, a few macros for the most common things that I'm going to do. So I can just click and you know do my basic sword swing or whatever it is, and and go from there. So uh, it, it's one of those, just like you would at a table. There's a lot of different ways to skin the cat. You know, it, the the very honest truth in terms of you know it, keeping track of what you've got going on and and playing with it. The numbers appear in several different places. It's it's what's most comfortable to you, and you can very much customize it to what feels right. And the nice thing about the Roll20 community is that there are always macros being shared between users. That's why we're so excited about the possibility of doing the one-click API uh, option because that exactly the, the Control-C, Control-V, the number one issue that seems to pop up is that inevitably in the retyping or repasting of in wrong and then everything goes crazy and uh, you have to figure out, you see a lot of posts on the forum. Where did I put the wrong thing? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, here's what I've done. What's what's wrong? And someone's like, oh, you're missing a bracket. I'm sorry. And then they fix yeah. it and it's fine. But it's if we can find a way to eliminate the name of our members, that would be fantastic. Nice. Obviously, this is cool. And I don't want, I don't want to understate that. But it's here. It's now. You know, listening to this, you could be on Roll20.net right now playing around and probably figuring it out faster than I could explain it to you. But one of the things, Noah, last time we talked, we kind of got onto a bit of a tangent about the nature of playing online. And I'm just curious, because it's been a while since we've talked, what we were kind of theorizing is that role-playing games, through the use of your service and, you know, some others that are similar, has allowed people to just jump into a game almost like they would a video game where it doesn't have to be like a weekly thing, like I'm going to play D&D next Saturday. It could be like, you know, hey, wife's decided to take the kids to the Y. I got four hours. Let's play a game. Yeah. Are you seeing that? Is there is there a percentage that you talk about, like how many versus are scheduled games versus pick up and go games? I don't think that we've we've got numbers on that right now, but, but I will say we have an increased amount of requests for something like an active chat room uh, for something like that. And that's one of those things like we're trying to figure out the balance in terms of like, as soon as, as soon as you move to that more immediate setup, uh, it brings up a whole new set of moderating issues uh, that, that are difficult, especially with our population size. But like, that's the thing this past weekend on Sunday, I think we've hit 13,000 concurrent users for the first time. That's a, yep. that's a lot of people just like actively around uh, doing things. And, and so if we were to expand to, okay, well now we've got, on a Sunday night, uh, how many thousand people sitting in a chat room spamming to try to get in the games and, and figure that sort of thing out? Uh, it definitely creates some new hurdles. It's something that we're talking about, but it, I don't think that we ourselves have figured out. All right, this is our solution to that. But there, there is absolutely a percentage of games out there that is, you know, a straight hop to it, not planned in advance. And I think that we will see more of that the more content there is that's available for like a one-click module. I, re I really think that that becomes a, a big turning point in all of this is as, as a game master being able to go and uh, I'm going to run an adventure at level five or whatever, pull out a level five adventure, plug it in and, and you're off to the races. Like that seems like the sort of thing that uh, that's going to be very big eventually. 
but that's kind of the other side of that. Like as a player, yeah, my wife, you know, she's not here today or my husband's not here today. I decide I want to play a game. There has to be a DM on the other side. Yes. Maybe that's the same thing. You know, I'm going to run a game. I just happen to have the night free. So I haven't planned anything yet. So being able to have, you know, content that I can run smoothly with little to no prep is probably the biggest barrier to having that type of activity. Just like anything else, you have four to five players, you have one DM. The ratio there is a little bit weighted towards them having to be ready more than the players. I uh, I definitely agree with you that there's uh, there's both those elements. Well, and two, so, uh, I, and I, I don't know if this was something that I had back, I was, I was actually trying to look at what the last time we talked was. I think it was uh, the, the, the update of holding is, is what okay. I Okay, so, so I, this is probably something that, that we were aware of by then, but the, the number one reason somebody cancels a subscription on Roll20, because uh, we, we do like a, a one question exit survey, you know, why, why are you canceling your subscription? And the number one reason is my group fell apart. Uh, they, that is bar none issue number one. And so we have a, a very, you know, it, it, there's a, there's a very good reason for us to be interested in keeping you, getting you high quality groups that stay together a long time and uh, a good game master as a part of that. So it, one of the things that we definitely are talking about on our end is ways to help educate and empower a game master community. Uh, that's one of the things, as a matter of fact, uh, Adam Koble, who's our game master in residence, he runs the Twitch and YouTube content that we do. Uh, we've been discussing really actively with him recently about like, let's do some how-to videos just about the general role-playing space. Okay, yeah, I, uh, I interviewed, I think, Adam when he was announced. You didn't make that, yeah. that, that one, but I did talk to him. He's obviously an amazing good job finding him you know i'm sure you picked him out of somewhere uh but yeah i think he's a heck of a dude (laughs) but yeah i think how-to videos absolutely are are thing because again i i said before i'm I'm not the most computer savvy in the world i can certainly run a game online i do it regularly but i don't utilize all the tools that are available to me and making that as easy as possible would help but that's one of those things, though. I think that there's a fear in there or a hesitancy in there that that's not necessary because there's so much in Roll20 that you don't need to use. Like, like, <laughs> like just, just straight up honesty. Like, the program allows you to go... I mean, the whole... Uh, the API being a great example. You know, that, that's something that's a subscription feature that you have absolutely no need to take advantage of in so many situations or, or even, I mean, it's one of those things like people will say, well, we play theater of the mind story games. Uh, what do I need roll 24? Well, it, it's awfully convenient to have all your character sheets in one place and to have the dice rolling shared, but no, you, there's nothing that's saying you have to use maps and tokens to, to utilize roll 20. Like that, that's not, uh, so, so it's one of those things like we are a toolbox. Uh, you don't have to use a hammer on every problem that comes up, you can take out the handsaw and use that and leave the other things in there. That's fine. And to be fair though, you're right. There are free services that I could use for, for that, but then roll 20 is also free if you don't want to use all those things. So it's, it's, you know, if you're talking about cost, there's no reason not to use it unless there's just like a personal preference type of a thing. Sure. All right. Um, So Suzanne, we lost you for a minute. You're back. Um, I don't know if there was anything we were talking about that you wanted to jump into or talk about. If not, well, are you frozen? I have missed about five minutes. I apologize. <laughs> well, I, I think um, we were, the last thing we were talking about was uh, just like group together. But I mean, we can jump anywhere. Um, yeah. yeah, we want to be able to 
make more opportunities for people to get into gaming because the number one thing about Roll20 is that it's supposed to be easy and accessible for anyone to play at any time. And part of that is that if you haven't played a tabletop role-playing game, it can be very intimidating. So we have thought about uh, maybe having a, some kind of one-day uh, con where anybody can come and play. There might be organized gameplays that they could get into or ones that they could set up and run themselves. There's a lot of ideas being thrown around about how we could do that and make another opportunity for people to take that first jump into tabletop gaming. Well, and, and publishers as well that I think are very interested. We've had, uh, so we have uh, one of our licensing partners right now is uh, the, the folks who have 13th Age, both Fire Opal Media and Pelgrim Press. And uh, they're organized play. They've got a lot of game masters available and they are looking at ways to try to take advantage of Roll20 down the line and do more with their organized play here. And And that's the sort of thing like, uh, they're always like, so if if we had DMs just available, do you think there would be people to play games? And rotating back to your earlier, you know, live jump in, yes, yes, yes. the answer is yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, do you want to be the most popular system on Roll Twenty? It's a very quick way to do it. If you can, if you can supply me with twenty game masters a weekend, uh, you got this down, right? So that's it. That's interesting. So are you? Are you talking about a physical convention or I can online through Roll Twenty? <laughs> we are ultimately an online company, so that would that would make the most sense is to recreate what Roll20 is in a fun, accessible, big event. Yeah. Okay. I, I just I want I thought that's what you meant, but I wanted to to double yeah. check because um, I know there are some online conventions that that happen now, and and I don't know if there's any affiliation. Like EtherCon is the one that comes to mind. Uh, there's also Gen Can't. Now, I guess that's a thing that has just been created the last couple that. of years uh, where people mm-hmm. who can't go to Gen Con jump online and they play games. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so, I mean, are you talking about maybe doing your own thing or affiliating with, with something that's existing, both, either? We would probably want to do our own thing because there's not really anything else that is what we do in, yeah. in a convention setting. So there wouldn't be any harm in us. Well, and that, that's something we've we've partnered with some uh, some online conventions in the past. Uh, there was there's at least one year that we worked with AetherCon. Uh, we've worked with uh, LugCon, uh, Let Us Game convention online, and and there's something else that I'm I'm missing out there in the virtual space that I'm going to get a grouchy email from somebody like, hey, <laughs> uh, maybe a virtual con, yeah, yeah, virtual, virtual con, yeah. I still feel like I'm I'm forgetting something. So I apologize if you're listening to this and I forgot your convention because I'm a terrible person. Yeah, I'll, I'll just but, say there was an ed, an issue with the audio and yeah. we lost we lost three things. Sorry. Uh, but it, truth be told, like it, we are, I think we want to do something that is kind of our our special day. Uh, that that is, uh, you know, something with our licensing partners, something uh, focused on the sort of, well, I mean, there's so many people doing so many cool things on Twitch right now with Roll20 and a chance to highlight and showcase some of that and bring some of those people together. Uh, there's a lot of ideas about this being thrown around. Uh, we don't have a, a precise date or all of the elements ironed out, but I would expect, uh, I know Suzanne has a date to have a date date to yep. have an announcement uh, yep. and that is soon <laughs> so, <laughs> that is soon <laughs> that is soon that is zooming ever closer <laughs> yes that's, that's creeping up behind me to yeah. 
Just take me violent. I can certainly understand and appreciate the desire to want to do your thing. Um, I, I think, I know, no, and you may know, I, I mentioned it before, but we started our own convention as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, a catacon. There's lots of conventions, but we wanted our own. So we yeah. did our own. So yeah, I completely understand the desire to be like, this is my thing. This is what we're doing. And better or worse, it's us. And, uh, you know, I completely understand that. And, and I wish you success. I'm sure it will be successful. It will be a lot of work. However much work you think it'll be, yeah. it will be more than that. Trust me. We know. <laughs> <laughs> so so the tr- truth be told, um, this is something I, I want to say this was like a, a year 1.5 goal of Richard Riley and mine. So like before we had any employed contractors, so now we are up to five contractors and we are just now finally getting to the point where we're, we're like, we're going to have a date to have a date soon. We're going to uh, plan things. But, but like this, seriously, year 1.5, it was, it was on the goals for the, for the next six months. We're going to have an online convention. And it's gotten pushed and pushed and pushed. But now it's like, well, dang it. <laughs> we're going to suffer. We're going to make this happen. This is our year. As yeah. long as the next thing after that is the hollow deck, because if you remember, that is oh. the thing you promised me. <laughs> that so, so that's that's incredibly funny. I gave a I gave a talk at uh, Oticon Vegas like two weeks ago about you know uh, essentially about the the relationship between Japanese popular culture and tabletop role playing, uh, and the end of it just kind of devolved into a where do you see the future of of uh, tabletop gaming going? Because those were the questions that. Know, folks had and i started talking about hololens and oculus and all those things that are elements of like augmented reality and i i mean i think i think we're a half dozen years out on you know not not the full-on holodeck but we're gonna see instead of having a conversation like this via google hangout we'll be having a conversation like this with glasses that we can see each other in the same room and uh roll 20s role and all of that will hopefully be we can also see the same map and roll dice together onto a you know a shared surface, and that's the sort of thing. You know, it it's not tomorrow by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, the the hollow deck is creeping up on us. Uh, it's just a question of when it becomes accessible. Well, it's, it's something I hope that I'm around for, but then I'm sure it will go terribly wrong, and that's where Skynet will start. And <laughs> <laughs> That's that's the AI. That's a, that's a different problem. Oh, okay, okay. Singularity yeah. isn't predicted to happen until the 2070s. So we got we got some time. We got some time. Okay. Excellent. All right. So again, you know, we've chatted for a while now. I want to make sure you guys, if there's anything I didn't ask or I didn't give you an opportunity to discuss that you think is really important that our audience might want to know, just sort of carte blanche. What do you guys want to talk about? Well, now that the um that they've opened up the SRD and everything. We are excited to see more content uh, on our marketplace. We touched base about this a little bit, but um, we're sort of waiting uh, for the floodgates to open for all of our existing creators to start making that 5e content and for new creators to get excited about it and show us what they got. Yeah. I think, I think new content is going to be the sort of thing that that gets very exciting. But as for, as we said earlier, it's difficult to know when uh, that's like, that is, that is third party dependent. And uh, I know the majority of our marketplace emails right now, and this is such a great problem to have, but it's it's uh, tax season stuff. How, how much of your time recently, Suzanne, has been, uh, make certain that you filled out this form and... 
70 percent oh wow <laughs> but but the good news in all of that is that means you know creators made money uh this past year and so that's that's excellent news but uh getting some things squared away is just uh, and we're getting better at making that part of the onboarding process for creators but yeah the the downside of making money uh in in the role-playing space is that you make money in the role-playing space <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm dealing with that a little bit myself where we, we did kickstart a catacon last year. Mm-hmm. You know, we had several thousand dollars that came into our podcast. Did you have an LLC set up ahead of time? Yes. Yes. Yes, we, we, we did that. Uh, and then I also, we have a Patreon that we get money every month. So I'm probably going to have to file business taxes this year. I didn't, if you look at my expenses, I actually spent more than I made. So I'm probably probably going to have to pay someone several hundred dollars to tell me I make no, didn't make enough money and, and this is a terrible hobby. Yeah, that's, uh, that happens. <laughs> yeah, but I love doing it and that's why I do it. So, okay. So we'll wrap this up here. No need to continue on again. Uh, Roll20.net. People go check it out. It's completely free. Play around. If you want to be a DM, you'll be the life of the party you can jump on people will definitely want to play and uh go to the marketplace there are free things as well i just want to make sure we we cover that there's uh free maps free tokens are there free actual adventures too um there actually are are a few adventures that that you can access for free um and additionally i I think it's important to say you can drag and drop things into the interface as well and that's the sort of thing that uh i i don't know i think that that has more of an advantage than almost anything is to you know it, people have digital maps though uh, that they've had their their own and things like that or artwork that they like and so having that uh, it's, it makes a really nice opportunity. Yeah, so if you just want to grab like literally like a picture of an actual ship, you can throw it on there and go, "This is the ship that you're facing," or you know, a cool digital dragon somewhere someone's made. You can drop it on. Or like happens around the living room table, you draw a crummy map of <laughs> the dungeon yourself and you share that with everybody. I mean, it, these are all uh, things that you can do. So. Absolutely. But we're not done exactly yet. For our loyal listeners, they know that uh, we have been recently playing a choose-your-own-adventure style game with all of our guests. So basically the way it works is, uh, I won't go through the entire story, but uh, you are playing a wizard who has been sent on his first mission by his master. Uh, it was... Uh, It was labeled as a trial of courage, if that matters. Uh, You made your way into an underground complex. There was one point where you had the option of choosing three things to continue on with you. The one that you chose was was an onyx pebble. So other than, you know, mundane equipment, that's the thing that you have. So where we pick up your part of the story is your wizard was spying on a legion of goblins that were being led by a goblin shaman. He appeared to be trying to rile them up and maybe get them ready for an attack. So you used a spell to splash some of the lava from the lava river that was flowing right behind him onto the goblin, which made him quite angry, but didn't kill him. He then turned and looked at you with his now melted face and cast a spell that caused a giant fist of lava to erupt from the river, smashing the stone bridge you were standing on, and you fell into the lava, but you were saved by landing on a piece of the stone bridge from where you were hiding. So this is where your decision point comes to. You are riding this piece of stone down the river. It is picking up speed. You have the opportunity to try to jump to the right side of the lava river bank, which will put you on the same side as the goblins. Or you can jump on the left side, which you don't know where it goes or if there's any way to escape from there. There's also a waterfall, or I should say a lava fall, in front of you. 
And you obviously have the option of trying to write it out and see where it goes. Or you can basically do anything else that you can think of that would make sense in the situation. So with all that, what would you like to do? It sounds like past us was really mean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Don't go chasing waterfalls. <laughs> Not sure. Not sure. <laughs> That's the best option. I, I think you're onto something there. <laughs> So taking Suzanne's example uh, of don't go chasing waterfalls, I'm going to go to the left, to the left, everything we own in a box to the left. Um, that'll, that'll be my contribution. All right. So, uh, so I'm going to roll a D20. And we will have to wait to our next guest to see if you survived this leap or not. Cliffhanger. Waterfall. Water, how, there you go, a waterfall hanger. Oh, fantastic. Well, guys, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. Thank you so much for what you do. I think it is a valuable part of our community, and I'm, I'm happy to see it successful. Uh, I hope you will come on anytime you have new information to share. And thank you for playing our little reindeer game there at the end. Uh, hopefully people will enjoy that. So uh, last chance for any last words, and then we'll wrap it up. Play more games. Uh, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks very much. This was fun. Absolutely my pleasure. You guys have a great night and we'll talk soon. Take right, care. So Thank you. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast, the flagship program of the RPG Academy network. If you enjoy what we do here, then please check out the RPGacademy.com and visit our site partners for additional entertainment and gaming advice. We do this out of love for the hobby and for you, our fans. The podcast and site content will always be free for you to enjoy and utilize. But we do have expenses related to the show. If you'd like to help out in any way, please visit patreon.com slash Academy and check out the rewards we are providing for your monthly pledges. We use all funds that come in to improve the show and give you better content and quality. And if you don't have the coin to spend, don't worry. You can still help us out in many ways. You can subscribe to our show on iTunes and or Stitcher Radio. You can leave us a five-star review. Also, if you clear your cookies and you visit Amazon or the Drive-Thru RPG site through our portal, we get a small percentage of what you pay, and it doesn't cost you anything extra. Just like any RPG. Our site works best with open lines of communication. We love talking with our listeners about everything. Please contact us with any questions, concerns, and comments that you have. We also love to hear feedback and experiences from your own games. You can email us via podcast at therpgacademy.com and reach us on social media, such as Facebook and Google+, at the RPG Academy. But Twitter is usually the fastest way to reach us. You can find my favorite co-host, The Caleb G, at The Caleb G. And you can find my favorite co-host, Michael, at The RPG Academy. Thanks for listening. And as always, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. <laughs>